This is Sound and Vision from KEXP. I'm Emily Fox. Today in the show, we'll hear from two musicians about their latest records that explore their layered identities as people who have lived many places throughout the world. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll hear from Jonah Mutono, whose latest record explores his sexual identity and journey through immigration as a UK-born U.S. resident whose parents are from Africa. It's more of what it does to your personal psyche that you might not be good enough because of where you're from to get into these places. And the funny thing is I actually have spent most of my life in the Western world and I still have to apply for visas to go inside them. I was born in England and I still have to apply for visas to go there. But first, let's hear about the latest release from Moses Sumney. Bless me before you go Sumney is now out with the second part of his album called Grey. The first part was released in February. The second half was released last week. Sumney decided to break up this album because it contains so many different themes and ideas. While Sumney's first album, A Romanticism, was minimal and reflective, Grey is fuller and richer. Sumney talked about the change during a recent performance as part of KEXP's Live From Home concert series. This second album... I had a lot more confidence with the production, and maybe I was even more conscious of my mortality than ever before, and so I suddenly felt the need to do everything that I could to fully exhaust my interests and my capabilities, be that vocal or lyrical or or sonic and production-wise. Because Grey is packed with different ideas, sounds, themes, and compositions, Sumney added spoken word interludes to connect the different sections of the album. For this, he interviewed writers and actors. You can hear that in his song called And So I Come to Isolation. And so I come to isolation. Etymologically, isolation comes from isola, which means island. Isolation. Isolation, which literally means to be islanded. And somebody mentioned this to me the other day. Actually, my Cape Verdean hairdresser, because I asked her, how do you say this word in Portuguese? And she said, isolada, like an island. Like you're, you're, you're islanded. And I thought, that's exactly what I've been my whole life. I've been islanded. With everything going on in gray, it can seem overwhelming, but this overwhelmingness is its strength. Sumney, an African-American, was born in Southern California, but spent portions of his childhood in Ghana. He spent the early half of his career in Los Angeles before moving to the quiet solitude in Asheville, North Carolina. With different experiences and lives across the world, he is not a product of any of these places, but instead a product of a space not bound by geography. Like Subney, Gray doesn't come from a clear musical lineage or space. Rather, it explores the different feelings and influences one can have. Gray is a rejection of black and white thinking, and instead, a look at the spaces in between, that gray area. Yeah, it's essentially all about grayness, you know, about the in-between, whatever that means, or marginal identity and, you know, not living on either side of an extreme which, depending on your point of view, is either an incredibly pedestrian, obvious topic, or it's, like, confounding. (laughs) And so I wanted to let it be all of those things. Here's a new track by Moses Sumney. This track is called Bless Me from his album, Grey. 
It's so predictable to find the parable from every tete But when you see the end in every beginning, lessons are equal.
bless me before you go. This is Sound and Vision, and this is Jonah Mutono. You have me with Like Moses Sumney, Mutono has lived in a lot of places in his life. Mutono was born in the UK, went there for high school and college. He lived in the US as a young kid until his family moved to Uganda when he was eight. Mutono now lives in California and has released an album under his full name after previously releasing music under the alias Kidepo. This album explores his journey through immigration and his sexual identity. Jonah joins me now to talk about the record. Hello. Hi there. So the first track on this record is called Smith, Johnson, William, Brown. And um, those are the most common sermon names in the U.S. And you've said that your dad used to joke about changing your family's name to McCormick because it would be easier to find work. And there were some lines that stuck out to me in this song, like, I may be as dark as the country night, but I won't bite. And put your name tag on, let's go. I may be dark as a country night, but I promise I won't bite. Can you tell me more about the story behind this song, Smith, Johnson, and William Brown? I feel like there's something so intrinsic about wanting to assimilate into a culture when you move to, when you move anywhere, really. You want to you wanna fit in. You want to, especially America. America has this reputation of everyone. Everyone comes here to have a better life. And uh, my parents came here. My dad was doing his residency. Um, he's a doctor. And... Um, I guess, you know, it's just really difficult to fit in. If you have a different accent, if your English isn't as good, nobody can pronounce your last name, all of this sort of thing. And so, you know, we were always, we always thought perhaps we'd have a rebrand. And um, so, yeah, the joke, as you said, was McCormick, so we'd all be McCormick's. I, I had a relationship a couple of years ago now where I felt like I wasn't, I couldn't fit into society enough to make this work. And I wrote the song about that. When I say, put your name tag on, let's go. I feel like when people move here, especially, you know, there's a huge Ugandan uh, community in Boston and uh, Los Angeles for that matter. And the first jobs that people always get are ones with the name tags on, you know, they work in a McDonald's or they work, you know, at a, at a car wash or a car rental or that sort of thing with your name tag on. And of course, no one can pronounce it where it feels almost like it would be comforting to have a name on your name tag that people could pronounce. And in the same way, it would be comforting to be able to just assimilate easily into wherever you've just gone to. So that's what that song is about. But your name tag on, let's go. Why was it important for you to release a record under your full name instead of Kadepo? I think I think I didn't want to deprive anyone of uh, the experience I get when I listen to my favorite artists. I think when I used my alias, it was all about hiding and being able to emote and nobody would see who I was, what I was doing. 
for a long time there, a lot of my friends didn't know what I was doing. And, but I put so much of myself into my music. So, you know, whether people can pronounce it or not, I would like people to know that there is a person there who has a name, who has a personality. There, there is a, there is something behind the music. There's a foundation there. Yeah. So stories about immigration also come up on this record. Um, The song 1949 was written for a friend's wedding that you ultimately could not attend because of visa issues. Could you be that fine love? That 1949 love? Uh, That quiver in your spine love? That summer wine love? And then you also have um, the song called Spare, which is about a moment you had after moving to America from Uganda. Can you tell me more about the story behind this song, Spare? Yes. I had just come to America after releasing my first song um, to see what was going on because I'd received all these emails while I was in Uganda that they liked that song and my parents had given me this money to go and see what was going on. So I, I come to America and my brother comes with me and we're in DC after a festival and we can't catch a cab to save our lives. A ton of cabs just drove right by us to pick up, you know, the richer looking people sort of down the street. And it didn't really occur to us that it might be because we look foreign, we're very dark, we're very dark skinned, that there might be a problem there until we started walking home. And it was, I don't know, I don't know, maybe a 10 mile walk or something. We did end up getting a cab in the end, but I guess it's that feeling of realizing that you don't belong is really what that song is about. Hailing a cab like a DC night and you know, and you know we're walking. Battery weak, shining bright under the streets I breathe. In glowing skin, under flashing light, moving slow, moving slowly uptown. We came to win this game. We'll never win this way. just talk about your journey through immigration i mean how what has that been like for you and and when you've had to go through different marks of the immigration process whether that be applying for visas you know how has it made you think of either you know america or i know you've probably had experience with immigration stuff in the uk how has it made you view each of these countries as you've kind of navigated the immigration process I don't know. The thing is, I, I still have love for them. I think it's more, it's more what it does to your personal psyche that you might not be good enough because of where you're from to get into these places. And the funny thing is, I actually have spent most of my life in the Western world and I still have to apply for visas to go inside them. I was born in England and I still have to apply for visas to go there. Um, so it does, I think it, it really makes you think of, of the justice of it all. Um, Because you probably do better in this world sometimes, I think, on a Martian passport 
or something mm-hmm. than on a, a passport from East Africa. You know, I think people think you're going to go in there and steal their resources or steal their health care or whatever have you take jobs away from the people that live there. Even if you've been living there your whole life and just have just never gotten status. It's, it's eye opening. It's so bureaucratic. So this album is called Gerg, which I understand was a code name you put um, for a boyfriend on, on your phone. And you grew up in the church. And I know homosexuality is illegal in Uganda and many other African countries. So I'm just curious, how long did you have to feel like you had to hide your sexuality? And what was that experience like for you? It's interesting, because I think for the longest time, I hadn't even admitted to myself that that might be the case. So it wasn't I never felt really like I was in the closet. I was just going about my business. I think it really became clear when I met somebody that that really it became clear that when I met someone that I feel like I really loved instead of was going through the motions for. I think when I came to realize it, it was more, I don't know, I tried to be as open as possible, but I also didn't want to lose everybody because everybody in my life was also Christian. I, I don't know, one step at a time, I... uh I remember being in Uganda around the time when they were trying to pass the bill, the anti-homosexuality bill bill to put people to death and thinking that was an awful thing, but thinking it didn't apply to me as much at that time. But it did. I I do. I had remembered that I had like same sex attractions and I didn't know what that was going to look like. It's it's just a just a primal fear, to be honest. You know, you can't really exist. Yeah. You know, again, this album kind of explores, you know, your journey through, you know, sexuality. And and I hear this idea of you feeling for a moment that you feel like you have to hide, you know, your partners from family. You know, you have it in the line, the low, with the line, I can't take you to my mama. She couldn't bear it. I really can't take you to my mama. She couldn't bear. Can you tell me a little bit more about the song, The Low? Sure. I think... Hmm, the low. And, you know, in reference to my mom, I think she'd be fine. She's been through a lot. She'd be fine. I just <laughs> almost thought of, you know, the like everyone's mom. When you date mm-hmm. someone who your family won't like or your family just doesn't like the idea of. Um, I don't know. There's definitely a feeling like, you know, like a Romeo and Juliet feeling when you're sneaking around and you're so infatuated with each other. That's so exciting. Um, I think it, it, cause, cause it's tragic and it's, but it's, uh, you know, and it's mischievous and it almost heightens all the feelings a little bit. I feel like the low for me felt, it is one of those things where I wanted to capture that feeling in, in a song somehow, you know, by singing in three octaves, which may prove a mistake live, but <laughs> yeah, there's definitely an anxiety to, you know, dating somebody that you don't think your family will like or or mesh with because you want them to be in your life and they are in secret. And uh, it's just, yeah, definitely anxiety, I'd say. I've been speaking with Jonah Mutono. His album Gerg was released on May 15th. I've never had one bad dream about you. Not one, nowhere. I really can't take you to my mama. She couldn't bear
holy bottles by the fountain And we dance on it I'm not sure what you mean to me Praying you get close enough to see The cross I bear That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and consider giving a one-time $20 donation to the show at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks so much for listening.